Over the holidays, I was going through some of our old family photo albums, and I found a scrapbook that my mom had put together of all the letters that I wrote to my parents during my junior year of college. That was the year I lived in Madrid, Spain. And in those days, we did not have cell phones or internet, and international phone calls were very expensive. So I only talked on the phone with my parents about once a month during that whole year. And these were very brief calls. And the phone calls were planned well in advance because one of my parents' neighbors was a ham radio operator. And so we used his call signal and another Spanish ham radio operator. Now, I didn't pay attention to how it all worked. All I know is that whenever I was talking, I had to say the word over when I was done. How are you, over? I saw a lot of amazing art at the Prado Museum this week, over. As you can imagine, it made the communication a bit stilted and difficult. So mostly, I wrote letters. Lots and lots of long letters. And I wrote them on this very thin paper, almost like tissue paper. Some of you are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. Others of you are like, what is she talking about? This is called air mail stationery. I'm so glad that my mom kept the letters because it's fun to read them now and read about all the things I got to do while studying in Madrid and traveling all around Spain and Europe. Communications have changed a lot since 1986. Today, in addition to email, our cell phones, text messages, and the WhatsApp, most of us use social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, to name a few of the social media networks. And communication on social media networks is most commonly called status updates. Status updates. You can use a status update to let your friends know what you're doing, or what you're thinking about, or even what you're eating for dinner. Or you can just send pictures of cute puppies and cats. And people can comment on your status or post a thought or a picture of their own. All of it is communicating, and you don't have to say over when you're done. Some social media sites have different names for status updates. You have tweets for Twitter and pins for Pinterest and posts for Instagram. The point is that communication today, rather than being a letter on airmail stationery, involves a status update. All of this this brings me to our scripture reading for today, in which Jesus posts his hometown status, and it gets lots of comments and reaction because, well, it was pretty unexpected and shocking. Here's how it happened according to Luke's gospel version. 
After his baptism and being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, recruiting a few disciples and doing some teaching as he traveled along the countryside, Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth. The son of a carpenter, the story of Jesus in his hometown is found in all the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but only Luke's version, only Luke's version puts it first thing in Jesus's public ministry. Mark's version of this same story is found in chapter 6, and Matthew's version is all the way in chapter 13, much later in Jesus's ministry. But Luke wanted it first, so that it was clear from the beginning what Jesus's status is. Now let's get back to the story. The son of the carpenter Joseph. Here is young adult Jesus, 30 years old, back in his hometown, returning to his old haunts. Jesus goes to the village synagogue on the Sabbath to pray, now a grown man and an observant Jew. He is obviously ready to participate in the synagogue service, including the public reading of the week's Torah and half-Torah portions. Now remember that the Torah is the first five books of what we Christians call the Old Testament in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the half-Torah is the prophets, some of which are in our Christian scriptures and some which are not. Luke's version of this story about Jesus says that Jesus stood up after the prescribed Torah lesson was read in the village synagogue, and by standing up, he was indicating that he wished to read the next portion of the service. And next up in the service, after the Torah reading, was the half-Torah reading. This is the part from the prophets. Now, allowing someone else in the congregation to read the half-Torah during the service was a common courtesy of Jesus' day, extended to visiting rabbis. And the people of Nazareth remembered how Jesus, as a 12-year-old, had amazed the entire temple with his wisdom and his readings of scripture and teachings. And no doubt these Nazarenes had certainly begun to hear about Jesus' ministry and reputation, and thus they were eager to hear him speak. And so Jesus stood up, and the worship assistant handed him the half-Torah scroll, Everything was written on scrolls those days. And so Jesus unrolled the scroll and began to read it out loud. Now, John, my husband John and I, our niece Maggie, who lives in New York City, is Jewish. And two years ago, some of you may remember that we attended Maggie's bat mitzvah. I remember in the central synagogue in New York City, when Maggie read the assigned portion of the Torah that she was given, was from the first part of the book of Genesis. And John and I, as her aunt and uncle, were invited to the chancel, which they call the Bema, to stand with her as she read the scroll. And as she read, she was handed this little 
metal pointer looking thing. It's actually pretty ornate. It's called a yad. And I don't know if they had yads in Jesus' day. They're this rabbi's in the history that I could find were mixed reviews on whether or not they had them then. But basically, it's a little pointer thing that helps you follow along as you read the scripture. I took biblical Hebrew when I was studying to be a pastor. And you read from the right to the left instead of from the left to the right. And there's a whole bunch of characters, and it's really easy to get lost in the reading. So you have this yad so you can follow along and also so that you won't touch the actual scroll. So um, I'm imagining Jesus unrolling that scroll and maybe using a yad to follow along in the passage for the day. So Jesus began to unroll that scroll and then read aloud. Now, here's where the shocking part starts. It's not clear whether Jesus read what was the prescribed scripture of the week or whether he just opened the scroll and chose his own reading. Here's what happened. According to Luke, Jesus read the words from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, but then he inserted a phrase from Isaiah 58, verse 2, excuse me, verse 6, the part about letting the oppressed go free. Many biblical scholars argue that by combining scripture texts, Jesus was verbally demonstrating his spirit-empowered authority. Not reading the prescribed text for the day was shocking. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus read, because God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That last line that Jesus read about the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's favor, means a jubilee year where all debts are forgiven, all past sins are forgiven. Those who heard Jesus read these words would have known what he meant by jubilee, by the year of the Lord's favor. And when he finished reading, Jesus rolled the scroll up, handed it back to the worship assistant, and sat down. This was a signal that he would now offer a teaching on what he just read. Luke says all the eyes of the synagogue were on him. I'm guessing you could have heard a pin drop in there. And Jesus says this, this word has been fulfilled just as you have heard it. Meaning the scripture just came true in front of your eyes. I am God's son. And all of this that I have read will be happening in my ministry and in your lives. Jesus is God's anointed. We heard this in his baptism, and Jesus will be about the work of release and recovery. This is the hometown status that he just posted, and it was a big shock and a surprise to everyone who heard it. Meaning, all the people that are usually thought of as unclean, unwanted, messed up, not to be associated with, Well, Jesus was going to release them from that status and change their status to welcome, to wanted, to loved, to accepted. And Jesus is also clear about this. His ministry will not just be about the people who are already in the synagogue. 
God's salvation is about the Gentiles as well. And that was the part that was the most shocking and unexpected thing that Jesus said in that moment. And in fact, it made some of the hometown people angry. But Jesus offered the good news freely to those Jewish listeners and the ones beyond the wall who would hear and respond. It was his hometown status posted everywhere for everyone. Some in the synagogue chose to respond with the angry emoji and others with the surprise emoji and others with the like or the dislike button. But Jesus was crystal clear about his status, which brings us to this very moment. Here, in this newly renovated sanctuary, on the cusp of a new worship service that we are launching in the presence of the new members who've just made it official, Journey with Jesus is our new mission statement. Journey with Jesus, show love, do good are our taglines. And our focus is on both the people already here and the new people Jesus wants to connect with. The point of our ministry is not to have a beautiful sanctuary. A flexible worship space, ample pew space, and a state-of-the-art video system. The point of our ministry is also not to get people to serve on church committees or join social groups. The point of our ministry is to connect people with Jesus, to develop and become his disciples, and to do good and show love in a world that desperately, desperately needs this. So many in people in our community and our world are hurting. So many people want to help others and make a difference in the world. Jesus calls us to this journey which is about faith and love and release and recovery, forgiveness and joy. This is our status. This is our calling. This is our mission. And it's the why of everything we've been doing here with our Vital Church Initiative process and the construction process. It's even why we're proposing a new streamlined governance structure so we can spend more time in ministry and less time in meetings, all so we can help connect people with Jesus. So today, right here, right now, we rededicate this beautiful, sacred space for the purpose of the journey with Jesus, for the ways in which we are called in our day and time to do good and show love and reach out to those who are lost and afraid and hurting and wondering if anyone cares. It's not about us. It's about Jesus, the big guy here in the window, who every week reminds us of our mission and our purpose. May our status be his status. May our mission be his mission. May our purpose be his purpose. May our actions be his actions. And may people know us
by our love, by the good we do in the community and in the world. Thanks be to God. That's a status worth posting. Amen.